You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. And uh, I pray this message will be a blessing to you and a help to you. And uh, this principle here has uh, been so uh, helpful to me uh, in uh, church planning and just in ministry. And I pray that it will be a help to you as well. And, uh, you know, the idea of failing in the ministry is obviously something that looms over us and we don't want to fail in the ministry. And I believe the Word of God teaches us a principle uh, here how that we can Uh, Stay from failure. So uh, Matthew chapter number 7, and we'll begin reading in verse number 24. Uh, The Bible says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them uh, not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, and great was uh, the fall of it. And so we see here uh, that Jesus Christ is teaching this principle that if we will uh, base our life on his teachings, that we will uh, be standing on a rock. And then if there's instances in our lives that we do not, uh, you know, follow his teaching and do not uh, follow his word on it, then it will be like building on the sand and will fall away. And I think sometimes, you know, we think about that in regard to salvation. Well, I've trusted Jesus Christ for salvation and so I've built my house upon a rock. But that's not necessarily what this scripture is uh, teaching. It's not just necessarily a decision to be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, that's the beginning of laying a foundation, but I believe Uh, that uh, this principle here is about every decision that we make, it needs to be filtered through uh, the Word of God. That every decision that we make, if uh, if we have the Word of God on it, and if we're basing the Word of God on it, then we'll be standing upon a solid rock. And I believe this, uh, we find this principle here, that every failure in ministry is a step without a promise of God. I believe that every we could look back and look over people's lives and look over people's ministry and uh, we could say, where did that ministry fail? I believe that we, it would pinpoint itself back to a particular decision where they made a decision without the clear word of God giving them direction on that. And uh, I believe that I've found that in my life. And I believe that uh, if uh, there's been any success, obviously we are what we are by the grace of God. Uh, uh, But I'm here to tell you that I would not be here this morning. I would not be still getting behind the elbow, uh, behind the uh, pulpit in Elbow Lake Baptist Church if it were not for the promises of God that I was standing upon. Amen. And I want to preach on that thought this morning on standing on the promises of God. And I want to encourage you uh, this morning, whether you're planning a church, uh, whether you're on deputation, whether you've been pastoring for very long, and maybe you're not even a pastor this morning, maybe you're just a Christian, maybe you're born again, and, and you know that you're saved, and you're just wanting to live your life from the Lord, I want to encourage you to stand 
on the promises of God. And the promises of God will make all the difference. Uh, see, here's the thing is that it doesn't matter uh, whether you're a Christian or whether you're an unbeliever. Uh, the rains are going to fall and the floods are going to come and it's going to beat upon your life. But what makes the difference is what you're standing on. Amen. If we have the word of God, I'm thankful that the word of God will stand sure. Amen. And so I want to notice three points on this, and we're going to look at several different passages of Scripture. Uh, but first of all, I want to talk about standing on the promises of God in regard to your heart. Uh, standing on the promises of God in regard to your heart. Turn over to Psalm chapter number 1, uh, if you will, and uh, we'll look at a promise of God in regard to uh, to our hearts in Psalm chapter number 1 and uh, verses 1 through 3 here it says there it says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be Amen. I like that affirmative. And he shall be. What do you call that? I call that a promise from the precious word of God. Amen. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. I want to tell you what, when it comes uh, to being a Christian in this day and time, when it comes to being a church planner in this day and time, you need to stand on the promises of God uh, and uh, your life as a Christian uh, and your ministry will all come back to where your heart is with God. Is your heart right with God? And we need to have a heart uh, that is in the proper condition uh, for God utilizing us uh, for his honor and for his glory. Amen. And here's the thing is that uh, these points that I'm going to bring out this morning, this first point here about standing on the promises of God in regard to our heart, uh, it allows us to get in one mind and one accord. And that's what all of these points really lead to is about being in one mind and one accord. And what we need to do is be in one mind and one accord with God. If we're going to be successful in our ministry, if God is going to bless our ministry, if the hand of God is going to be in our ministry, uh, we've got to be in one mind in one accord with God. Uh, we need to be like David and we need to be a man or a woman after God's own heart. What's in our heart needs to line up with God and with his word. And how we do that, you find a promise in the word of God and you grab onto that promise and you keep it. Amen. And so we see here the simple principle in verses 1 and 2 is what you need to do is avoid the ungodly. We need to separate from the ungodly. We need to separate from the counsel of the ungodly and we don't need to stand in the way of sinners uh, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. We need to be careful that we're not getting uh, so much input from the world and so much input from the ungodly and we need to make sure that we are getting more uh, input from the things of God and from God's word and it says there in verse number 2 but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night and I want to tell you what if we do verse number 1 and verse number 2 we have that promise and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water amen I'm thankful that we can stand on the promises of God and I want to just be honest with you here for a moment and be very transparent uh, with you uh, but uh, when we left Georgia back in 2015 and moved to Elbow Lake 
uh, Minnesota. Uh, you know, I believe there are many people that were expecting us to fail. And uh, you know what? I, I'm full of ambition and, and full of enthusiasm. And I was like, man, this is going to be awesome and we're going to get it done. And, and I remember, uh, you know, going to some churches and uh, we were on deputation and all that and meeting with some uh, pastors there. And he just met with me. He said, look, I don't uh, we, we would support you, but I just don't think you're going to make it. I'm like, man, praise God, that's encouraging, man. It's wonderful. You know, you got anything else for me? Like, I mean, is my wife about to die or anything like that? You know, anything else you want to share with me? You know, and, uh, and then, you know, we get, I mean, I even, you know, emailing some pastors and stuff in the local area. They're just like, well, you know, I, I'm, I, you're not going to an easy place, you know. Well, all right, you know. Well, that's that's encouraging. We we you know we would we would just are are you sure that you're sane? You know, and well, that's still to be decided. Um, you know, and, and so you know it, it becomes a matter of the heart. But you know what they were getting at is that it was going to be difficult. You know, and certainly we got there and we're in Elbow Lake, Minnesota, and uh, it's been difficult. Amen. And uh, if we're not careful, we can lose heart. Amen. Uh, you know what? Our heart can get out of place. Our heart can get out of tune with God if we're not careful. And there's this challenge. It gets hard. It gets difficult. And you know what we begin to do? We begin to lose heart. We begin to lose passion. And I want to tell you what, man, I was all excited and fired up. And I want to tell you what, all of your excitement and all of your passion, uh, you know, you go into church planning and you're all excited and you're all passionate. And I'm all, I'm all for that. Amen. But I want to tell you what, that passion is going to dry out. That passion's going to die out one day. That honeymoon phase is going to end and be over, and you're going to find yourself there uh, in a rural place, possibly, and uh, you're trying to figure out why am I here and why am I doing this. Amen? Now, I'm going to tell you what, you better have a promise to stand on. Amen? That'll make all the difference. And uh, after about three years, man, I'm going to tell you what, just from the culture shock and the climate shock and, you know, going from a big town area to small town area, man, I don't tell you what, I was like the Apostle Paul, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. Only God knoweth, man. It, it, was, it was crazy what was going on. And, uh, I, I, you know, it was like I knew th things. Like in my mind, I knew that, you know, I, I was an all right husband. I knew that I was an all right father. I knew that I was an all right pastor. But I don't tell you what, I felt like a dirtbag. I mean, have you ever been there where you, I mean, you, you, you know it in your mind, but you just don't feel it in your heart? And I tell you what, I, 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 I was like, man. You know, struggling. And I remember uh, we had Brother Todd Bell, a church planner in Maine, come and, and uh, preach uh, for us. And, and uh, you know, I remember uh, him saying, I was like, Brother, what's the key to it? What's the key to it? Man, how do we make this through it? And he, he made a statement. It was simple but profound. He said, Brother, you have to stay full of God. He said, stay full of God. Stay full of God. Amen. I want to tell you what. Uh, basically, I'm trying to preach that same principle to you this morning. Stand on the promise of God. Amen. Get in the word of God. And here in Psalm chapter number one, you find what to do. Amen. You uh, avoid uh, the ungodly influence in your life. Uh, and you find a way to stay full of God. Uh, stay in the word of God. Amen. Listen to preaching. Talk to other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, make sure that your mind is being propagated with the word of God. Amen. Make sure that your heart stays right with God. Uh, grab a promise from the word of God and stand on it. 
it and hold to it and cling to it. Amen. Because your heart's going to give up. But you'll have that promise to cling on to. Amen. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Amen. Remember my uh, Bible college president said that uh, the key to the Christian life is spending more time with God than you do anyone else. Amen. And that's hard to live up to. I can't say that I honestly live up to, but it's a good principle to try to hit. Amen. It's a good point to try to hit. And uh, I was with Brother Bell just recently in a meeting again, and I, I told him, I said, man, I've got a, a friend of mine that's in the ministry, and he's just discouraged. And he brought it up again. He said, what's, it, what's his devotion life like? What's his devotion life like? That was the main concern. I'm telling you what, that is, that is literally our lifeline to ministry, folks. It doesn't get beyond that. Stand on the promises of God. Do you want to stand like a tree planted by the rivers of water? He says that he that meditates on the word, he shall be. Amen. You have a promise from the word of God. You shall stand like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You don't have to doubt that. You don't have to question it. Amen. It says it clear and plain in the word of God. You stay away from the ungodly influence and keep your nose in the book. Amen. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Amen. Praise the Lord for it. I remember a statement uh, that he made. He said, no, no private devotion, no public blessing. Man, that smote my heart. No private devotion, no public blessing. Amen. And I'll tell you what, I'm thankful for the promises of God that we can hold on to. Amen. It says in Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse number 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. We need to keep the heart. We need to guard the heart. Amen. And so I encourage you, stand on the promises of God in regard to your heart. Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 9. Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 9. Verse number 8 there says, He that soweth to the flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall. I love that word in the Bible. I don't know about you, but I like it. That's one of them promise words. Shall. Amen. Reap life after everlasting. And be not weary in well-doing. For in due season. Here it is again. Ye shall reap if you faint not. Amen. Amen. That's a promise. That's the promise. I'm thankful that I can cling to the promises of God. Amen. It allows my heart to stay in tune with God. I know what God's going to do in the future. Amen. If I'll stay faithful and I'll keep my heart right, I know he's going to come through on the other end. Amen. I'll tell you what, we were started to uh, plant a church in Alexandria, Minnesota there. And somebody was asking me, when do you know to, to start one? Well, just when, when you can't, when you can't, not do it when you can't not do it I mean when it's it's got to drive you crazy man it needs to be driving you crazy if it's not driving you crazy you don't need to do it but if that's all that you can get I mean that's all you can think about that's all I could think about people coming up to me man we want a church in Alexandria I'm like I want one there too they come up to me again we want one in Alexandria I'm like would you quit asking me that all right I'm not the kind to do I'll do anything I'll do anything once I mean, really, I will. They're like, yeah, we, we, we can tell you will. Yeah. I mean, I've been skydiving. I mean, I've, I've done all kinds of things. But, you know, anyways. But uh, we went and started church in Alexandria. I mean, we started there, and, and uh, man, we had a family, good, solid family. And, uh, man, it all worked out. We had a free place to meet. 
and uh, we started meeting there on uh, on on the sa- uh, well on Saturday. We we uh, we became Baptist, you know. Started meeting on Saturday night, and uh, I, I'm all I'm all about meeting on Sundays. But I'll tell you what, hey, I, I think I think the thing we get so you know focused on a day, amen. Hey, people are dying and going to hell Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, amen, and Sunday, man. Just need to get out there and doing it. But I'll tell you what, for two years, we met there and, uh, you know, we uh, went door knocking uh, every week and all of that. And just a struggle, just a struggle. Be honest with you, just a struggle, difficult. And, and then COVID happened. And I'm like, well, let's just, let's just throw in the towel. Let's give up. Let's be done, you know. And, uh, and then went to uh, International Falls Baptist Church Brother James, while Brother James Ruckman was there. And, uh, another man was preaching. Man, there was such a spirit of missions about that church. Amen. And I got, I got in there and, and uh, the preacher was preaching on Isaiah 9. Who will go? Amen. And, and you know what? All of a sudden, these promises, I want to tell you what, I'd got behind the pulpit there in Alexandria, Minnesota, and I'd been preaching to our people, and I said, this is why I know that God is going to start a church in Alexandria, Minnesota, because he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And I know that it's the will of God for God to see a church planted in here. And I said in 1 John chapter number 5, it says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hear us. And if we ask it according to his will, and he we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And I said, I know God wants us to plant a church here. In Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 9 would come to my mind. And, and be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Amen. Now to tell you what, all those verses came flooding my soul and they haunted me and they haunted me and I couldn't get away from the promises of God. And I said, God, I've already tried to get a church going in Alexandria. I can't do it. He said, that's right, you can't do it. And I've been waiting for you to give up. And I've been waiting for you to quit. And I've been waiting for you to surrender. And here's the game plan now. I want you to go and raise $20,000. And I want you to go and get a storefront. And I'm going to provide a pastor. And we had interviewed seven or eight guys. In those two years, trying to get something going in Alexandria, and I'm gonna tell you what I left that meeting, uh, you know, that night, and I told my wife what God had done in my heart, and and we went on a little six-week deputation, and sure enough, Amen. And be not weary in well doing, for in due season ye shall reap if you faint not. And I'm thankful that the word of God standeth sure, Amen. And guess what? In six weeks, we had twenty, uh, not only twenty thousand dollars, but we had twenty-one thousand dollars. Amen. And we had a storefront right there on Main Street. And within six weeks, a man had called and said, God has called me to go to Alexandria, Minnesota. And I say, bless the Lord. Amen. He's a God that keeps his promises. Amen. You can stand on the promises of God. Keep your heart right with God. Amen. And he will come through when you need him the most. Amen. Stand on the promises of God in your heart. Number two, I want to say this. Stand on the promises of God. In your home, if you would, turn over to 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3, we see a wonderful example of how not only, you know, usually it's mentioned about how a wife can win her husband, but also it states here how a a, a husband can win the wife. And, and you know, ladies, I'm just going to give you a little material here. 
you know, you'll like this, okay? You know, there's actually more verses on how complicated a man is and how hard it is to win him over than it is for a woman. I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's crazy. I, I mean, I'm, I, trust me, I don't agree with it. I, I disagree with it. You know, but it seems like God says that men are more complicated to win over than women are. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have a question with God about this passage when we get to heaven. But it says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of their husbands. You say, well, pastor, that word shall is not in there. That word may is in there. But I want to tell you what, the may is about this person being saved to the Lord. But I want to tell you what, if, if wives, if you'll treat your uh, husband like this passage of scripture is, it's not a guarantee that he'll be one to the Lord, but I guarantee you that he will be one to you. Amen? I want to tell you what, you treat your husband the way that this passage of scripture says, and your husband will be on your side. He will be for you, amen. He'll take care of you like he should, amen. You won't have to worry about whether he's going to love you and care for you in the ministry. You treat your husband like this passage of scripture says, and he, you will have won him over, amen. He'll be uh, your uh, Romeo to your Juliet, amen. He will take care of you. And the same thing with the husbands and the wives in this passage of scripture. You might not be guaranteed to win them to Christ, there's a maybe there, but I don't tell you what, you'll win them to yourself for sure. It says, while they behold your chaste conversation or your, uh, you know, your, your lifestyle, they're coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of uh, wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God Adorn themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And verse 8 really sums it up well. Here it says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one to another, love as brethren, be pitiful. Be courteous in the same way that uh, we see there that it's so important that we get on a promise and uh, to stick with, to be in one mind and one accord with God. What we need to do, well, we need to follow Psalm 1 there and just do what God tells us to do. And guess what? We'll stay in one mind and one accord with God. And I think Ephesians chapter number 5 really summarizes this well uh, here in, in uh, is it verse 31 or 33? I don't, I don't remember how many verses are in. Ephesians 5, but the last verse there in Ephesians 5, there it states there that wives basically are to respect their husbands and then that husbands are to love their wives. It's that simple. I want to tell you what, and here's the thing, so many times uh, is that, uh, you know, we, we think differently. Men, we think in terms of respect. You know, criticism is a big thing, you know. Criticism is a big thing to a guy. You want to you wanna tear a guy down, criticize him. Think, think little of his work. And I'll tell you what, if you, that, that's something. If I could give you anything, ladies, don't criticize your husband. Just work on that. Try not to be critical. You know, you, you have you know, 110 questions and all that of, of uh, what it is that, you know, you think about him doing and all that kind of stuff. That just tears him down, you know. Don't be critical. Of it. I'll tell you what, I, I know there's, there's a, 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 you know, there's a pastor and his family that came up from Georgia there, and they were 
uh, pastoring there not too far from us. And you know what? The wife was, I mean, just saying derogatory things about her husband in public. You know, They're, they were not standing on the promises of God in their home. Here's the thing, I guarantee you, wife, if you will respect your husband, guess what? You can stand on the promise of God. Amen. God uh, will show you and prove to you and demonstrate to you that your husband will eventually show you the love. Amen. If you'll show the respect. Amen. And it, it's, it's, well, you know what? I'll start showing respect when he starts showing love. No, it doesn't work like that. Husbands, you know, that's the same way to take care of a disrespectful wife. You start showing her love. Amen. You start caring for her. I had uh, an individual that just called me and they were talking about, uh, you know, going out on a date, you know. And he had a, has a, a son there and, you know, that's uh, 15 years old. And he, he said, you know, I wanted to take my wife out on a date. And, and she's like, well, who's going to watch the kids? And, you know, for him, it's like, you know, that was critical. Critical, you know, it's kind of a critical statement there. Well, you, are you so, are you so, you know, stupid that you didn't even think about, you know, our children? That's kind of how a man interprets it. Just letting you know, ladies, that's, I don't know why it is, but we take it like that, you know. Well, of course I considered about the children. I'm not that much of an idiot, but he's 15 years old. He's, he, he's, he's basically a man. He can take care of himself while we go out on a date, you know. And so, but what she was saying is, is you don't care. Why don't you care? You don't care that our children are going to be left to home. I mean, do you know how many hours I labored in birth with him? I'm not just losing that to some idiot that will come by and shoot him. Somebody needs to be watching him. But that's, that's the idea, caring. You know, uh, us guys are like, so, I mean, why, why, is, why is she ruining the date? He's just trying to take her out on a date. Can't she just let it up? Can't can she just not be so caring and so concerned and so nurturing all the time? Why can't you just respect that? I think my 15-year-old is capable. But that's how we, we just think so differently. But what I'm getting at, amen, if we're going to be successful in the ministry, get on the promises of God, amen, for your home, amen. And husbands, pray that God would help uh, you to be a loving and nurturing man and be a caring man for your wife and wives. Uh, pray that God would help you to be a respectful uh, woman to your husband. And I want to tell you what, if you'll stand on the promises of God, your home will be harmonious, amen. And same with the children there in Ephesians chapter number 6. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know, what's, what's an interesting thing too about all these passages of Scripture is it has to do with feeding. Amen? You want your heart to be right with God? Feed on the Word of God. Amen? You know what, husbands, what our wives need? We need to feed them with care. And love, amen. And wives, what your husbands need, they need respect and less criticism and all of those things, and you'll feed them. And the same thing with our children. We need to nurture them. That idea of nurturing them is uh, helping them grow. Helping them grow, feeding them, and helping them grow. And I want to tell you what, uh, we don't need to stagnate our children. We will provoke them to wrath. But I want to tell you what, if we'll raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, praise God, we will not provoke them under wrath. And that is, a, that is a promise from God. We will not provoke them under wrath. What? If we'll nurture them and let them grow and let them have their own identity and let them be themselves, but admonish them in the ways of God. Here's just a quick outline on training our children there. But first of all, you need to tell them what you expect of them. Tell them what you expect of them. And then show them how to do it. And then let them try to do it. And then observe how they do it. 
and then praise and redirect them for that. You know, we, I had my children just, uh, we went and we've got some chickens and showing them how to water the chickens. I said, look, this is how it needs to be done. This is how, how that you take the, the watering uh, trough there and you got to take the lid off and you got to put water in it and it's kind of hard. You got to put your feet around it in a goofy way and your hands around it in a goofy way to untwist it because if you don't put your feet around it, you're going to get chicken poo on you. Sounds like a Chinese, uh, uh, you know, thing or whatever. But, you know, showing them how to do it. And then they try to do it. And I said, no, no. I observed how they did it and I redirected them. This is how you do it. But we need to do that. We need to train our children. Amen. In the things of God. But then uh, we need, uh, our heart, our home, but then our herd, our church itself. Look at 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter Chapter number 5, and it says in verse number 1, so I encourage you when it comes to the home, stand on the promises of God in regard to your home there, and your home will go well, and you'll stay in the ministry, amen. It won't fall by the wayside. First Peter chapter number 5, verse number 1, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not uh, for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherds shall appear, ye shall, I love, man, we're getting into them shall words again, amen, those are shouting words also, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away, amen. Hey, you want your church to be running well, you want your church to be doing well, uh, it, go, and I'm just telling you, find First Peter chapter number 5, verses 1 uh, through 4 here, and uh, you'll be able to apply that, and you'll be able to follow this promise, and I'm telling you, if you'll uh, uh, follow this promise that we hear, uh, have here in First Peter chapter number 5. Uh, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Amen. We are to feed the flock of God. I'm telling you what, it has all to do with feeding. Amen. If we'll feed people, amen, they'll be happy. Amen. And they'll want to follow us. Amen. And if we'll love on them, amen, they'll want to follow us. Amen. And it's all about being one mind and one accord. Amen. And just striving together in the ministry for the calls of the glory of Christ. Amen. I'm thankful that we have some promises that we can stand on this morning in ministry to see success. Amen. I love what a preacher told me. He said, man, if God's called you, it guarantees success. Amen. Hey, I want to tell you what, we went on deputation even with people saying that we're going to fail. I, I, you know what, I was able to grin at him and say, well, here's the thing is you've told me uh, that I'm, I'm going to fail. You've told me that I've messed up, but hey, I already got one on you. I've got a promise from God. Amen. Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. And I want to tell you what, here's the thing is that you might say that I'm going to fail. Amen. But I have a God who's never failed. Amen. And if I'll just stay on board with God. Amen. It will come to pass as he said it would. Amen. And we went on deputation for two years. And sure enough, we had $6,000 raised in support. Amen. And we were able to start for the glory of God. Amen. And it's his grace that has brought us safe thus far. And it's his grace that will lead us on. And I'm telling you what this morning, grab a promise of God. Amen. And God will guarantee you success if you'll just stay in tune with him. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.